The 2TM News Podcast with Romy Gilbert and Tim Coates, all thanks to Super Steel Tamworth. There's Steel, and then there's Super Steel Tamworth. So joining us, <laughs> joining us today, have um, the wonderful Chris Jarrett, the dietitian out at Rural Fit. How are you, mate? I'm oh, well, thanks, Tim. Joy Downs, who's gone through a career change, and you're now a, a health, and health and wellness coach. coach yeah. yeah, but I'm a qualified occupational therapist. As well, well, that could come in handy because I have Absolutely. attention deficit disorder, I think. <laughs> and obviously, the wonderful Romy, the real journalist hello, in the room. Hello, thank you, Tim Coates, my wonderful co-host. How could I do it without you? Oh, easily, I think, actually. But anyway, <laughs> look. We want to have this conversation today about, I mean, we've tried lots of things in the past and I think we go up and we go down and we never actually climb the mountain because we sort of go 20 foot up in the air and then we go 20 foot back down again. So how can we change this title we have of being the most obese town, I think not only in New South Wales, but in Australia, 61.2% of our residents are deemed to be obese. That's above 30% BMI. and that's as late as December last year. So I don't care which one of you wants to go first. Chris, Joy, um, are, we, are they right or are they wrong with these statistics? I, I think the um, statistics, we can't argue with them. We, we've also got a strong correlation with diabetes and heart disease in the, in the same um, population because uh, a strong correlation with, with weight, diabetes and then heart disease as a, as a cluster, um, often what I call metabolic syndrome. Um, unfortunately, um, it is also reflective of our youth percentages as well. So um, we're now talking generational um, issues with, with weight. Um, and look, it, it is it is hard to say how do we tackle that because it is uh, it needs to be a community based approach and a um, probably sort of, sort of a, a wider. We talk about obesogenic environment, so. Um, everything that's around us, I guess, Um, whether it's food, whether it's leisure, um, whether it's just uh, social expectations, it is a big picture issue, not just an individual issue. Yeah, so Romy and I are kicking a football around, basically, metaphorically speaking, not really, but uh, we're talking about the fourth McDonald's at one stage and, you know, should council approve it? Well, council has no choice if it's a compliant development, but we have the choice, Joy, to go there or not, don't we? Exactly. Um, I've just listened with great interest um, to what you've just said, and the word I'm focusing on is lifestyle. This is not about fad diets. Um, it's about changing habits at grassroots level, and that means, yes, families, children, um, and finding people to lead by example, and that's really why I, at my late stage in life, I could happily retire now, I'm of that age, but I have recently completed training as a health and wellness coach because I've had so much success with my own personal fight, and it is a fight with type 2 diabetes. After 21 years of having this condition and doing a lot of research, I have finally managed to come off all medications, stayed off medications for the last 12 months. And I've done it by changing, yes, my diet, but also my lifestyle. And I think that is key 
to long-term success and people need support to do this and the half an hour double appointment you get with the doctor is not going to do it and people still have fixed in their mind that type 2 diabetes is progressive, degenerative and you just have to suck it up sunshine and take medication. I like to think I'm living proof that's not true and the more I research the more evidence I have found worldwide to support that and then we're back to the big issue what can I do in Tamworth so over to you Chris any ideas well, I was gonna say well, you know you, you've touched on a few things there so heart lung disease hmm. uh, doesn't matter what you bring up they're all things that we could end up in hospital with you yes and if we're putting more and more pressure on our medical systems whether that's the doctors whether that's the hospitals whether it's the emergencies um, if we can lessen that with some of this preventative action mm -hmm. Chris, I guess the question is, you know, are we spending enough money in prevention of illness, as in education on diet mm -hmm. and, and healthy eating, or, or should we be spending more money in that space to reduce the amount of money we spend in the other space? Well, certainly the old adage, prevention is better than cure. Um, I, I guess the trouble is in the absence of formal... Um, education or instruction in this area, the voids um, taken up by every social media, blog, whatever there is. So, you know, how many people have read the Australian Dietary Guidelines? Now, is there anything wrong with Australian Dietary Guidelines? Not necessarily. But in terms of knowledge transfer, how is that taught, um, which is, I guess, where I come in, um, most people wouldn't follow that, don't understand that. And, and I think that's a, a, a great shame for, for all of us um, and certainly for public health. Um, that message is just overly simplistic. Um, if we don't want to talk about weight management, for example, we, we just are failing to talk calories or kilojoules. We, we fail to talk energy. We blame other things instead. If we talk about blood sugars, um, things like glycemic load, which is something I'd talk about, is, is the new news to my clients. So I have people newly diagnosed with diabetes, someone that had diabetes for 20 years. And if I talk glycemic load, they go, never really understood that before. Um, so there's massive holes in, in our health literacy. Um, so absolutely, there's there's a, a lot of effort to be put in there. Um, but that knowledge transfer, um, how to give simple messages to, to lay people that's not just one size fit all. Um, people love the three word slogans, you know, and sugar is poison or whatever else you're going to say. Um, it, it's overly simplistic and, and um, fails to address the bigger picture that um, we have to look at diet from a whole of diet approach, not an individual food, the good, bad, allowed, not allowed, superfood, poison, that black and white thinking which unfortunately is how marketing has been marketed to us. Um, thou shalt not eat this, or you deserve this rich treat. Um, <laughs> just depends which channel you turn on at what time, because they're the two messages we've been, been given. And for me, it's not black and white. Um, human beings are uh, amazingly adaptable creatures. If you look through all the generations over all the centuries, all the different cultures and cuisines, human beings can, can survive anything that crawls, wriggles, grows, swims, flies. Um, so, very much for me personalizing a diet to someone's individual uh, financial um, constraints their cooking skills their time constraints their religious and cultural needs 
allergies, aversions, and, and that's where I guess as a as dietitian um, it becomes a lot more personalised. But certainly, certainly I think um, there's a long way to answer your question, Tim. No, no. Uh, there's, there's a really lack of, of health literacy um, amongst the community. Romy? I was just going to say how everyone has a different experience with their diet, depending on what they need, want, and what they can afford. What Chris was just saying is that why it's going to be difficult to streamline a town like Tamworth and help with that literacy and help with the with the issue. Yeah, I, was, I was just going to jump in because I think you know we all forget that we've got um, a new cafe opening called the Shack. We've got Hissy Fits. We've got Timo. We've got places where you can get stuff that is good for us and you know the price difference for a, a, a healthy whatever is not that much difference to a unhealthy whatever it's just we seem to know the unhealthy names or perceived unhealthy names like a you know golden arches rather than those that are healthy is that is that either one of you is that true because i've eaten some of joyce food recently and it was sensational, but apparently it was okay for me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was that was a little bit of a mission um, for me. Um, I did the catering. That was one lunch, three morning teas, and an afternoon session with a glass of champagne, and the whole lot. Even the champagne was healthy, apparently. Yeah, two grams of carbohydrate <laughs> per glass. I drink that. Do you like that? Chris? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I cooked for that entire week. Um, all the food was low carbohydrate, healthy fat, no sugar, and some items, that all of it was gluten free, all of it. And that included things like chocolate ganache tart, lemon, pavlova, pav, my mini, personal favourite, my yeah, personal favourite, um, lemon, lemon meringue tarts. My second and personal favourite. There you go. And lots of yummy... Ost- yeah, Lamington's was on there as well. Yeah, so no, I left them alone. But I suppose you have to know how to cook these things. Exactly. So and it's education. Yeah, it's it? education, it's knowing where to look, and it's getting the support from people who are willing to give you the time. You don't learn to cook like that in five minutes. It takes a little bit of effort, but once you get used to it... It's fabulous. You don't have, I mean, I never starve. I don't count calories. I watch portions and I measure my blood glucose levels three times a day. Not always now, because I'm pretty much know now after 12 months of doing this, what's good for me and what's not. And the way I have learned to do, to deal with this, when somebody comes along with a whopping great slice of strawberry cake or cheesecake, which I know is full of sugar and I know what it's gonna do to my blood sugars. I look at that and think, I can't tolerate that and that is the language I have learned to use to people out in town I'm really sorry that looks delicious I simply can't tolerate it nobody argues with that it's like having a peanut allergy everybody understands that having a sugar intolerance um, is slightly more complicated but that is the message we need to get out to people who cannot tolerate sugar and heavy loaded carbs so the, the education process, and, and, and Chris, I'll pick your brain first. You know, and when people say about the, the fourth of this or the third of that fast food shops, and we won't mention brands because we don't need to, um, mm. y- y- we can either choose to go there or not. Like seriously, you know, or we can go in and make a choice and say, can I get a salad? And they go, no, we don't sell it. Yeah, okay, well, and you, it's you making yeah. the choice. Is that not correct? Look, it, it is. And I think one of the things that, 
came out of COVID was people cooking from home a little bit more. Um, a couple of years ago, we had sort of the, the master chef phenomenon as well, where people started trying to be gourmet cooks at home. But I guess I, I liken this to um, brain space or, or how much time we allocate. So, you know, wind the clock back a couple of centuries. Uh, food on the table was a pretty major thought process throughout the day. Yep. What am I going to eat? Um, I hope there's something to eat. Um, so if I have people, for example, with eating disorders or disordered eating, you know, they're obsessively on food every day and they can't think of anything else, basically. Um, but the opposite side of that is so many people these days just walk out the front door to go to work. Yeah. Um, and you know what? They'll grab something. And as they drive and have a tea, oh, I'll grab something. So what we've basically done is outsource um, a lot of our food choices because it's just basically a lack of planning. So people aren't writing down what they're going to eat for the week. Um, and I often say, you know, think of it as maybe a 24-hour cycle. So if we're eating tea tonight as a family, we're saying, right, who, who's got dibs on the um, leftovers? You know, someone's going to get a brekkie or a lunch out of that or maybe two out of the five might. Uh, at the same time, we're talking about what protein we put down to defrost, so, so we've got something for the base for, for tomorrow night's meal. Um, and so I think it's that right headspace that I think we need to allocate some portion of our day to menu planning. Um, we don't have to obsess, but at the moment, I, I talk time and time again to people who spend virtually zero time um, actually thinking ahead of, of what might uh, constitute a, a decent meal sort of thing so to me that's, that's just outsourcing responsibilities and then yeah. human nature is you're paid for the serve you get the serve put in front of you and you eat the serve so then we're outsourcing what is a serve what constitutes a meal what ingredients go mm. into it um, so a little bit more I guess personal responsibility and, and ownership um, I think would go a long way Alright, now turn the question around to Romy being the guest, not the, not the journalist. Um, <laughs> you're the youngest person in this four-way chat. Mm. Um, how much effort do you put into to the meal or is it just I need something to eat and I'll get something? Yeah, I think it's really interesting what you just said as well, Chris, that like to be honest, people just have to actually take a little bit more responsibility mm. and try a little bit harder and it's not easy and we get lazy and complacent and we form really unhealthy habits and then we get addicted to the way that certain fake nutrients fuel us and our brains and I'm so addicted to sugar and I can feel it when I go and eat something. I can feel um, how that's made my brain change. Like I can tell when I, I'm starting to feel happy because I'm like, I might go to Macca's. Yeah. And so it's complicated and I feel really sorry for people that are that have given up and they are in this in this in this because people really struggle with it as well I think people really want to be better but they just don't know how so I don't think it's yep. as simple as being like you know um how are we going to change it and it's it is difficult but I I know what I need to do to be to give my body genuine nutrients because I'm really lucky I came from a family that cooked good food and I know what good food is so I if I want to want to I can go home and and, and cook and follow a recipe and, and kind of enjoy it. But I'm also, I can also be really no, caught wait, up. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Kind of enjoy it? What's this kind <laughs> of enjoy? I don't find it very therapeutic. I'm a rusher. I'm a massive um, That was my rusher. point of the question. The point of the question, yeah. and I guess, and I get the other two to chip in, and we, we, we join Chris, is 
it, is it all too hard in this need it now society to actually mm. do food properly? Because well, then I'm going to come back to Joy because I think Joy's got a different answer. It's not allowed to be because we're getting sick and we're filling up our hospitals with things that we could have prevented, but instead we've we've been lazy. So I think you know people just have to try a little harder. I have to try a little harder. Yeah, I. I I think it's going back to some of the basics and the way I turned myself around was I found a very supportive international website um, which started a long time ago in fact by a GP who was sick and tired of dealing with diabetics who just came in and got increasingly worse and more medication then off to the specialist and started to lose their limbs. But um, so he started doing his research and he started off this website in Swedish because that's where it comes from. And within a few years, it's gone completely international. And I discovered it sheer chance and it turned my life around because at the time I was working at the hospital, very busy and was thinking, oh my God, I've got to plan these meals. So what did I do? Got the app and my meals were planned for me, including the shopping list. So all I had to do was once a week, trundle around one of the supermarkets and with my list, and I had my menus for the week. And because I'm on my own most of the time, you cook two portions, have one for dinner and one for lunch, or you freeze one. It's just about changing habits. If you have good self-control. It's more than that. Oh, it's about <laughs> it's about the motivation. My motivation mm. is easy. Um, I am a type two diabetic. I have been exactly. so for twenty two years, uh, twenty one years, and I'm sixty five. And don't want to end up like my parents because I do have crap genes, as I've been told. So my motivation is very powerful. But if you have a family and if you f- you're feeling ill because you're eating the wrong things, surely there's enough a little bit of light there and a bit of motivation to start thinking, well, oh, I don't feel good, I don't look good, my clothes don't fit, I need to do something. And that's where a health coach can help you, dietitian, of course, but... Um, of course. Yeah. Don't you, forget the dietitian. No, absolutely not. You've got to, you've got to find what... <laughs> <laughs> you've got to find out what motivates people to change. Mm. And that's where health, health and wellness coaching comes right. in. So, you know, I'm hearing a lot of good stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed in the youth of today, a representative in the studio, but <laughs> we'll get there. It's okay. We'll work on you. The, going forward, <laughs> how, how do we, instead of going 20 feet up in the air and 20 feet down, like we seem to have gone with, like, and, and probably a very good program, Michelle Bridges' program, but we had that 18 months ago, whenever. Um, we've been up, we're back down. Yeah. We're, and 12 months on from that, we're still the most obese town in, mm. in Australia. How do, how do we fix this? How do we take little steps forward? Does it need to be a whole community? Is it education? Does it start in schools? Where does it start? And, and probably, Chris, well, you're well, the voice to start us. Tim, I might just jump in there where you talk about the ups and downs because that's a, that's a good sort of terminology because it's very indicative of what we call a diet cycle yeah. where people are strictly following something and they get bored and resentment and um, rebellion and then they feel guilty for not sticking to it and then there's a new diet next week and, and, and they go round and round again. So in really broad strokes, I, I guess for me, my summary of what I see today is that we're having everyday foods on occasion and occasional foods every day. Mm. 
So cool. the example I would use is me growing up. I'm 55 these days. Um, when I was growing up, soft drink was birthdays and Christmas. These days, it's an everyday food. Chips, birthday and Christmas. These days, in everyday lunch boxes. So I, I do um, appreciate how much of a of a um, change there's been in, in, in Joy's um, health trajectory. Not everyone's going to be able to, to be that rigorous, I guess, with, with any diet. So It's um, not a diet, Chris, can, it's a lifestyle. Oh. Okay, sorry, lifestyle. <laughs> for those who can, great. But yeah. for the majority of people, um, I really think um, being less prescriptive would, would work. But we, we just need to start addressing the everyday versus mm. the occasional because, to me, we've twisted around. So people are often talking now about... Um, a, a roast meal and veggies like it's you know it's not just a Sunday roast it's yeah I had veggies this week because you know mum did a, a roast yeah. and the other days of the week six days of the week there, there was actually no vegetables in the, in the pushy the whole day um, you've been to my house mate it, have you <laughs> so, so this is the, the, the thing I guess you know you don't get half price broccoli you don't get you know specials on uh, you know buy a kilo of carrots and win a new car uh, so the poor old fruit and veggies are, are I think, very unloved. Um, and and people just uh, are becoming less and less familiar with, you know, how to how to cook proteins, how to how to um, cook um, vegetables and include them every day. Um, so again, I'll, I'll sound like a broken record and come back and say, if we could actually apply the dietary guidelines, I, I don't think we'd be too far off the track. But uh, as, a, as a whole society, I think we've moved a long way. Um, from that, and uh, everything seems to be lasagnas and spaghetti bolognese, and you know, chicken and rice dishes. And, and um, I obviously, as a dietitian, want to see protein and carbs in the day. Um, but the bit that's missing on the plate to me is is the vegetables. Um, oh, I chuck so, that in my bolognese. So You'd be proud of me, mate. They go in the bolognese. <laughs> Good on mm. you. Good on you. Yeah, no, I managed to do that. But and you, you're quite right. I mean, it, it's the occasional versus the everyday. Um, I guess, Chris, you, we didn't ask you your backstory. I mean, because you've not always been a dietitian. I mean, you took a career change later in life—not late in life, yeah. but later in life—to become yeah. a dietitian. Yeah. What what motivated you to move that way? Um, so I I joined the the air force when I was sixteen. Um, became a, a trade apprentice, so I was a what they call an armament fitter or a gunny. So that was bombs, bullets, ejection seats, things that went bang and killed people. Um, but I was also a gym junkie at the time um, and, and fit as a fiddle as a, as a young fella. Um, and so I went to um, TAFE and actually did a, uh, what these days was a cert for in, in fitness. But back, back in my days, it was a, a two-year sort of a, a course and a, a dietitian taught one of those semesters and just really wowed me because I thought I knew what I was talking about with diet until I actually met a dietitian and went, okay, I, I know nothing compared to you. So, of course, I asked him the question and said, you know, how do I do what you're doing all day? It sounds like a pretty good gig just sitting there talking about food. So he said to me, well, you know, have you done chemistry? I went, no. Did you do HSC? No. He goes, well, go away, do chemistry, do HSC, and it's a four-year uni course. So I went to um, do chemistry through HSC to, to year 12 level and then did an open foundation course at, at university to get a, a, a TR sort of equivalent. And then uh, four years later... Uh, as a dietitian, so for me it was a, a long journey of, of two years of, of taste for, for the new, for the um, conditioning and sports training um, sort of cert four sort of course. Um, you know, doing doing 
year 12 chemistry, then then doing two, then open foundation. So from a tradesman to a dietitian was a nine-year journey for me. Um, but my specialty in the Air Force, which was the sort of stuff that didn't directly transfer, there's no missiles and bombs and Qantas or something like that. So I was looking for something I could do for the rest of my life that wasn't sort of on the tool, so to speak. Um, so it was a big career change for me, but I've always been passionate about health and fitness and um, I think diet is such a misunderstood beast. Um, so that's what I love doing is, is taking the science into everyday terms for people when we go face to face. And, and one of the things that um, I know Joy picked on a few times there, or not picked on, but raised, which is she's quite right. Very, very hard for doctors and nurses to be doing eight, 10, 15 minute medicine um, and to educate. So the one thing I can offer clients as well is, is time. Mm. So yeah, that's my backstory, Tim. You've just mentioned another important aspect of the conversation, um, fitness and exercise. And I suppose how much does that, can people go and go to the gym and then go play a game of footy and then, you know, on the way back have 20 beers and a schnitty from the pub? Um, Doesn't happen on our teams, does it, Chris? (laughs) I think there's a lot of that mentality happening. It's like, oh, yeah, but I lift or I play sport. And I think drinking as well is, is another huge component and in our society we know we're big drinkers and I think mm. I hate to say it but I think in regional cities it's even more of a thing there's it Tamworth doesn't have as much to do as, as Sydney per se and people just spend a lot of time at the pub <laughs> and so I think yeah fitness and and drinking how, how much has that got to do with well, you, the story you realize that pub and hub are the same almost words right yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just got to get the P, you just got to get the pH balance right it's like growing vegetables yeah <laughs> So, look at all these things you're tying uh, in. Oh, look, I'm, I can see. But you know, I, I've done the same thing. I, I sports coached and cert three, four personal trainer, and I know how to eat properly, and I know what to eat for me. I just, it's a need it now lifestyle. So it's just like, oh yeah, that's what I want to mm. do. I think mm. as we get more mature, and three of us on the, uh, are with all due respect, and not saying in the head, but in, in years, we definitely more mature. Uh, we as you get more mature, you get more time to mm. focus on your food and, and your diet and what you're doing and consider it. But I still think well, we I make think poor choices. Thing, is that, I think the other thing, Tim, is the uh, as I'm in my 50s now, all of a sudden this belt's getting tight. Um, I think sometimes life gives you a tap on the shoulder and says, you better start thinking more about food. Yeah. And that's, that's I guess, the uh, how um, youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. Um, because really I can remember you know, trying to gain weight and, and trying to eat till the cows come home and, and lucky to, to gain weight at all. So a lot of times uh, I think people pick up the habits in their teens and 20s of eating, but unfortunately they carry that through and um, often people are not reducing portion sizes as metabolism slows or, or they're not using exercise to maintain metabolism. So you talk about going to the pub and club and not only have you got the, the calories from the alcohol, but just the meals these days that are mm-hmm. served, um, the sheer size on the plate in mm-hmm. my mind is going ching, 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 you know, quickly into calories, just mm-hmm. going, man, that's that's a whole day's food sitting on a plate. Um, oh. But we, we, it's a bit of that sort of American influence about, you know, the plates have to be overflowing yeah, with food. Is, this is where I want to go um, to. I mean, hospitality industry, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the hospitality industry mm-hmm. sort of got it right nearly 15, 20 years ago even 10 mm-hmm. years ago, portion sizes seemed to drop off to almost being what I will call a la carte size or, yep. or cuisine type size meals. They were smaller, smaller, mm-hmm. and it depends on mm-hmm. where you go. But the more affordable food options, the places that we go, our, some of our clubs and some of our pubs, 
we go there because it's our big feed and we're going to fill yeah. them up. People want their money's worth. Yeah. And, uh, is yeah. that part of it? Is it, you know, I'm ask you all three. More for less, yeah, always. Yeah, we want, we want more for less, yeah. exactly. If yeah. I ever dine out nowadays, and I, and I do, not so much in Tamworth, but elsewhere, um, and it's usually with, with a friend, then we have one portion because we would not be able to get through either of us through a standard pub meal or a standard restaurant meal you have to go to the fine dining places um, mm. t in order to get what I would call a reasonable portion and I'm determined to slowly chip away at it and there's a couple of cafes I go to where they know me by name they know what my coffee is and they know exactly what I can and can't eat and they don't even ask anymore they just don't serve up the chips um, and I'm talking yeah. chips as in yeah, yeah. pommes frites, whatever yeah. you call them here. And, chips. you know, yeah, <laughs> chips. All right. And, and they know that now. And I look at the menu and I say, well, that's lovely, but please, I don't want that, that and that. And if you ask nicely and you're polite and you say this magic word, can't tolerate it, you get a really nice meal and you're not deemed awkward or difficult, which is, which is lovely. But mm -hmm. it takes confidence to do that. A few chats with the chef. Um, but it, it can be done, and it can be done in Tamworth. It's, you mm. mentioned before, little steps. And I'm hoping to be able to do some pilot programs to encourage people to, to make healthy lifestyle choices. So, so 30 seconds, we've got to wrap up before Romy, Romy sticks the finger at no, me yet again, because she usually does. Great <laughs> conversation, it, it, keep it, having it. What, what would be the one change? You've got 30 seconds to answer the question. One change, if you could make it today, What's the one change? 30 seconds. Ladies first. Chris first. Sorry, mate. Apparently okay. it's you first. I, I'm going to say soft drinks. Uh, if I could change anything, soft drinks just, uh, and slushies, the, the frozen version, um, just empty calories, way too many calories, too easy to consume, too cheap. Um, I, I think they've got a lot, of, lot to answer for. What about in moderation? No, Romy, you're Absolutely. not listening. Water. Everything Water is a new so soft drink, Romy. Come on, Chris, you, I'm you listening. Talk, you're talking to a dietitian who just bought two litres of soft drink. Why? Mm -hmm. It's my daughter's birthday today. Aww. So, moderation, you bet. Okay. Uh, birthdays and Christmas. <laughs> birthdays and Christmas, that's the moderation we're working with. Uh, so, Romy's new thing is it's her birthday every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. joy. Uh, one change, I'd like people to get to take a good long look in the mirror and see if they like what they see and if they don't, to go and get some help from the likes of yourself, Chris, or from the likes of me. So they get the support they need once they recognise that they've got a problem, they get the support, the encouragement to make the changes they need to make to improve their lifestyle. And Romy, my question to you is slightly different. What's the one thing you're going to change from today that's going to make a difference? I will say that I'm already hyper aware of, of my health. So I, I'm i a big fan of moderation and knowing knowing myself, knowing my boundaries. And sometimes I do know that I go over it and then I don't want to live this life of guilt and confusion with my diet and relationship with myself. <laughs> So I just think, I don't know, making good decisions, I, I know when I need to go home and have some vegetables. Yeah, I just got some input from JB and apparently less jugs of cream will I'll tell. I'll too. quickly tell you what happened here. <laughs> I went, I told JB earlier today and I regret this, I told him that I went to an Italian restaurant on the weekend and I'd had a few wines and I'd ordered a bowl of like red sauce gnocchi, Napolitana, but 
for some reason I asked the waiter when he was there if I could have a side of a pot of cream. So um, he brought out a pot of cream and I mixed the pot of cream with my Napolitano gnocchi and everyone thought I was really weird. So less pots of cream, perhaps? Yeah, look, the one thing is, and I thank you all today for your input, but there's, there's two words I picked up on, um, sick and tired. And, you know, so if we can change diet and there are less sick and tired people around, gee, we're going to be a happy country, aren't we? Exactly. Absolutely. And if you need expert advice, don't ring me. Don't ring Romy, obviously. (laughs) Talk to Joy Downs, one of our lovely guests today, or the wonderful Chris Jarrett. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate it.